Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Michael, you got your margarita? Yep. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. Okay, I got my Duvel. Great. Game okay, on. this is just like butter. Ruben's Burger Bistro here in Boulder, Colorado. George Thomas here with Michael Robson. Michael, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I've had a long day. I, this may not be that interesting. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, were, we were talking about dinosaur tracks in Scotland. Yeah, well, no, that's not even the the beginning of my problems that I, I woke up this morning to a phone call someone had thrown a brick through the front window of my office so um and i thought it was bigger than I, a brick i don't think it was me well yeah it was actually a big chunk of concrete yeah. but brick just sort of sounds right in in the sentence but and yeah it was a big chunk of concrete someone threw it through the window police involved oh yeah the cops came over and then i had to hang out there and work out how to cover it up and so yeah it's been a bit of a long day i feel sorry for my landlord because it's going to be an expensive fix well, so it's kind of weird to talk bikes after that. <laughs> yeah, we should just get right into it because <laughs> I don't want to talk about that anymore. I can tell you right now. So last time we talked, it was all about your magic box. Yes. Yeah, it was actually. So um, you're out there with your magic box, then what do you do? Well, you know, as... Let's talk race preparation. Exactly. As, as in everything with Cross, it's never that simple. Every, everything is, you know, requires a lot of equipment and is incredibly complex. So, you know, at, um, a couple of weeks ago, we went through the box where, you know, it's like sort of the, the, um, the container full of little contingency spares and all your lubes and potions and stuff to try and get your bike through the race. So um, one thing people really overlook in Cross is your race preparation leading up to the race. So... Um, when you go to a race, how how early you know, like how how many hours before your race start do you arrive at the race, and then what happens once you get there? So, um, you know, I figured today what we can probably walk, go, you know, kind of walk through or go through is um, just that race day prep and getting getting from you know basically getting up in the morning to it actually may be a bigger subject than that, but you know, race day prep, get up in the morning all the way to when you hit the start line. Okay. So you must have had really good race day prep a week ago. You got second place out here. I had. I actually got first place on the weekend, which um, made me really happy. You got first. I don't get those very often anymore. <laughs> You're having a good season. Yeah, it is good. And, you know, the race I did on uh, Saturday was really, really snowy. Um, which you love. Which I love. And it was, it was just perfect conditions for me, and uh, I got to have a little fun. Nice. So yeah. tell us about your race day prep and what we should do. 
Well, I think, you know, a lot of people screw up their, their prep before a race. Um, there's just, there's tons and tons of little things to do. There's tons and tons of little, um, you know, just sort of little tricks that you need to, to do. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, just for, this, for the sake of the show now, I would start at um, getting to the race. So I would recommend, you know, typically I would say get to the race be, uh, um, no, no later than one and a half hours before the beginning of your race. And I usually get there between one and a half and two hours beforehand. So, and there, I mean, something as obtuse as not getting stressed about finding a parking place, I would think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you, need, you definitely need buffer time for everything. So you get there and you find a parking spot, but it's a really long way away. So that changes the, that changes the landscape of, of how you prepare for your race. So you have to add in a little bit of travel time for all of the things you do and maybe... Batch, you know, bunch up a few of the projects. You know, if you're if you're signing up on race day, you've obviously got to get your, you know, your money or your checkbook in your pocket and and bring your license or your phone with your with your um, license app on it, and um, you know, go up to registration and go through that whole thing. If you register online, it, that that process is a little more streamlined. But when you you know when you go to a race, there's a whole bunch of things you have to handle before you actually hit the start line. So. Um, and you need time to do that. And, and I, you know, I, I mean, I would say on average I get to a race closer to two hours beforehand. Usually, um, in my case, in a lot of the other Masters races, especially here in Boulder, we coach juniors. So we, we will be there and we'll, you know, catch up with our juniors and watch them race. And, and um, you know, oftentimes we'll be there, there very early. But, um, you know, so let's say you get to a race two hours, two hours before the race. Um, Right when I arrive, I will. The first thing I do is typically go to registration and get my number because that's something that you know. If there's a long line or something, you have not. You're not quite sure how long that's going to take. That's not something you leave to the last minute. Um, on a cold day, you know, it's starting to get cold now, so you have to think about ways to stay warm. You don't want to do, you know, you don't want to go changing clothes too many times and screwing around. You've got to kind of streamline your situation. So, you know, when I pull up, I pull up into the parking spot. Um, I'm either half kitted up or, or kitted up, depending on how far I had to drive. Um, so, so you're not one of these guys who loves to just live in your chamois. I, I friggin' hate it, but yeah. sometimes you got to do it. I'm I mean, if it's, if it's really, really cold, you kit up at home, put everything on, and just, you know, unless it's a three-hour drive or a two-hour drive or something, just put everything on at home, get, every, get all of your clothing, the clothing you're planning to wear in the race, and try and put everything on and, and try not to do any changes because it ma- that makes you cold. And as soon as you're cold, you're going downhill. So anyway, pull up to the race, um, get, get my registration stuff in my pocket and be kitted up, ready to go. So I'll pull up, um, be kitted up, pull my shoes on, pull my helmet on, um, go straight to registration, get my, you know, get my number and I'll get my chip if, if a chip is involved. Um, and then from, I'll stick that in my pocket and then go ahead and free ride the course straight away. So that, that that's two. Those are two projects you can kind of lump together. So um, when you pre-ride the course, you're obviously you know you have to in, in Colorado especially, you have to do it between races. You can't go ahead and just ride on the course anytime. You've got to wait until there's till there's not a race on. So um, I'll try and plan that out so I get there at the right time. Pre-ride the course, and then that then you're making decisions about the tires you're going to ride and the pressures you're going to ride. And you can screw around with that and dial it in. So with that first loop away from away from my truck. Um, out to registration and do a, maybe one or two laps of pre-ride. I've got all the information I need for the for the day. So I've got you know I have my number and I got my chip and I've done a I've done a pre-ride. I've seen the course. 
I've practiced a couple of little, little bits that are going to be troublesome, and um, and uh, I'm I'm pretty much ready to go. So when when I get back to the truck, then I start doing different stuff. Like I'll I'll pull out um, pull out my second bike because I, I have two bikes and make sure the the tires and and tire pressures are the way I want them. Um, and oftentimes I'll just run that that second bike straight to the pit while I'm hanging out there. Um, now, what are you wearing? Um, if it's really right cold. now, <laughs> what are you wearing? Pork pie hat. No. <laughs> I am wearing a pork pie hat. I found it in my truck, so I just put it on. Um, well, I mean, you know, when it's cold, you wear as much clothing as you possibly can. Um, just just pile it on and stay warm. Um, there is obviously a limit to that because if you wear too much clothing and get and get wet, then obviously you're going backwards and getting cold. But you know, try and dress appropriately and try and have. Um, a, a selection of base layers and gloves and all kinds of different things like that. You 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 sort of, as a cross racer, you you steadily collect um, you, you, this this plethora of different um, little gadgets and things and different items of clothing, different thicknesses of gloves, different base layers, base layers with long sleeves, base layers with no sleeves. It's like you you get really get into some weird stuff, and uh, it, it lasts forever because you don't use it all the time. So you sort of keep collecting this stuff, and I have a lot of different little bits and pieces of all sorts of different things. So anyway, so we're um, at the race, picked up the number, done the pre-ride, know, you know what the bikes are, uh, know what the bike's going to look like, get the bikes set up, get them, um, make sure they're, you know, lubed and prepared if that's something that hasn't been done already. Um, B-bike to the pit. Um, uh, eat something. Definitely eat something. So at this point, you're probably around about and within an hour to go before your race. So once I clock in inside that one hour mark, I'll um, typically eat something. Maybe. What do you normally eat? Oh, man. I hate to say it, but I'm an oatmeal guy. Are you really? Yeah. Why I mean, would I, you hate to say that? That's I, I great. Would, I would call it porridge. <laughs> porridge. It's not how you make porridge. Um, we'll have to give you some grits. Oh, I hate grits. <laughs> It's funny, I don't mind polenta, but grits, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just because it's called grits, it just does not sound good one little bit. Um, no, I, uh, in the morning, I mean, this might have to be another show where we get up in the morning and it's your whole, it's your whole routine from get up in the morning to when you leave to go to the race. But, I mean, I'll gloss over it quickly. Get up in the morning, make a pot of coffee, make a French press of coffee, um, make my oatmeal. And I'll have some oatmeal then, and then I'll have some other stuff to eat. And then I'll bring a, a Tupperware container with oatmeal in it. And I'll nibble away at that until about 30 minutes before the race. So I'll just have a spoonful here, here or there. So within an, with, with an hour to go... No, I'm, I'm kind of like a French press. You're not taking two tablespoonfuls of instant coffee. Oh, I, man, I don't mind instant coffee. I know I, I, anyone listening to this I know just cringed but I, I don't mind instant coffee when I was in Spain earlier this year I found this instant coffee it's, it's like instant um, cafe con leche so it's the pa- it's, it's coffee and powdered milk and sugar and the whole thing All and you together. just dump it in hot water and it just it, you just stir it up and it's a, it's a cafe con leche straight away oh it's awesome <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not picky about coffee like 7-Eleven coffee that's where I draw the line but you know everything else Dunkin' Donuts coffee sucks, but everything else is fine. So anyway, um, with an hour to go, I'll be nibbling away at my at my porridge, at my oatmeal, having a sip of coffee, 
getting ready, staying warm, um, and then starting to plan out how, uh, you know, if it's a cold day especially, you've really got to plan out your clothing. Like I will warm up in a ba- you know, like a, with a base layer and a jacket on and warm up on the bike. I'll either be warming up on the course or I'll warm up on rollers or a trainer or something. But um, I will purposely overheat and, you know, I'll get, I'll get sweaty. And um, all of that clothing comes off before I go to the start line. So, you know, and you have to plan out time for all of this stuff. So within that last hour, there's, a, there's sort of, there's a lot to do and there's not that much to do all at the same time. You're focused on just getting warmed up and getting prepared to go out and, and hit the course. But, but that's really sort of, you know, that's really the main focus. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to do um, within that. Um, so I, I will plan on basically getting sweaty, but you don't want to wear wet clothes, like wet, especially wet gloves um, or wet socks even to the line. So um, as I'm coming up to that sort of 30 minutes to go, maybe 20 minutes to go, I'm warming up and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm you know, riding the bike, getting warmed up and starting to sort of get to that point. And with about 15 minutes to go, um, this is just for local races, for nationals, that, that time span changes entirely. But with about 15 minutes to go, I will, I'll stop warming up um, and uh, cha- you know, change my base layer, put on dry base layer, put dry gloves in the pocket of my jacket and basically get kitted up you know, with my skin suit or whatever on and get ready to basically head to the start line. So with 15 minutes to go, I've got five minutes to kind of go through that whole process, change socks if I feel like I want to change my socks, um, change base layer, pull up my suit, put all my jacket and stuff back on, dry gloves in the pocket, um, water bottle in the pocket, maybe another like a, another chug of coffee or, or something right before I go. I wouldn't eat oatmeal, you know, 15 minutes to go. That would probably upset me a little bit. Um, <laughs> and the object of the game is to be is to turn up at the line with 10 minutes to go for call-up at a, at a local race. So, um, and there's just there's so many things leading up to that. You're listening to Just Like Butter. We're at Ruben's Burger Bistro in Boulder, Colorado. George Thomas here with Michael Robson. So, Michael, what do you do if there's a delay at your start? Oh, my God. That's the worst. In fact, that happened on Saturday. Um, so, I guess you go out and win. <clears throat> well, I mean, if your preparation's right, you know, hopefully it works out okay. But the thing you got to, you know, you can't panic about that kind of stuff. Because when that happens, you've got to realize that everyone's in the same boat. Every, everyone you're there racing with is you know is is suffering from the same delay or is suffering from the same condition so it just is what it is but on saturday it was really cold and um and the the start was a little bit delayed and and we were standing you know on the line sedentary having you know i'm sure everyone's warmed up um and you're standing on the line and you are just you know it's just not quite happening quick enough and it cooled down and um my teammate john actually in the race on saturday he cooled down so much before his start that about two laps into the race, his hands just froze solid, and he, he you know, they froze to the point where he couldn't, you know, he couldn't make couldn't them go, shoot, he couldn't, couldn't work break. them anymore, right. couldn't break, and and he had to actually abandon. And that's one of the only races I've, I've I don't think I've ever seen him abandon a race. So you know, that was a problem. Um, for me, I, I, I don't suffer from the cold hands and feet too much, but when we were sitting on the line waiting, waiting to go. I was really struggling to stay warm. So I kept on all of my clothing. I kept, you know, I had, um, I had full zip tights on and I had a, you know, a big jacket on and, and as much clothing as I could pile on. And I kept that on until, you know, the very, very last second. 
Um, especially when it's cold, you've got to keep on as much clothing for as long as possible. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, when they start to do the call up, you sort of start unzipping stuff, but you're not taking it off. Like, you sort of have it, you know, still covering your skin. And or still covering your body, and then you know you you go up for your call up, and you're you're on the line, and then you start to sort of strategize how you you, you sort of think this through in your head. You're like, okay, how long how long is it going to take me to rip off these tights and and change my gloves and then throw off my jacket and just throw it on the side of the course? You've, and you want to time it to the second. Obviously, you don't want to miss your start. You don't want to be still still pulling on your gloves when the when the whistle goes, which happens in local races all the time. I mean, it's you know it's pretty informal, but. Um, you definitely want to try and try and get it right to an extent, um, you know. So when you roll up to the line, you're unzipping stuff, and then when they say a minute to go, you basically start tearing everything off as quickly as possible. Put on your dry gloves, just strip down, and then you're just standing there freezing. And that's that's um, a critical time. So when if the start takes any longer than a minute after they call a minute, it's you're you're getting cold. And this happens at nationals all the time. Like that, just everything just takes way longer than you think it's going to take and if it's cold you're miserable i mean i've been the most miserable i've ever been is at all of the nationals you know it, it, uh, well the most miserable i've ever been was only at nationals because you have to turn up for the line um turn up to to call ups 25 minutes at least before you start and you're just standing there getting cold and it's it's absolutely miserable you're just freezing 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 what happens is when you take off for the race you feel okay for the first lap or two and then that just that how cold you got starts to set in over the first couple of laps and the first thing to go is always your hands you lose control of your hands and you can't break and you can't shift and then you're just like shit what am I going to do now so what do you do you just deal you know and (laughs) cross is just it's it's 60 minutes of dealing it's 60 minutes of deal with it that's that's what that's all cross is really you take off and then you're just you're you're dealing with with you know handling and fatigue and cold and and hot and all you know all these different conditions it's just 60 minutes of of you know hdfu and deal with it so what do you do then if you have a mechanical you've got frozen hands you get to your pit area and your hands aren't working i guess you're just yeah i mean no matter how for me no matter how hand, how cold my hands get I'll I'll still have I I, I mean I still have some kind of function like on the on you know I I had that classic problem on Saturday where at the you know at the from the beginning of lap two all the way around to just into the middle of lap three my hands were just 
freezing and they were barely working. And that was all, that was all, um, um, it was ca- like carryover coldness from waiting at the start line. So you take off and you cool down and, you know, that the, the blood flow starts to, starts to reduce in your body. And, and of course, when you take off in the start, you suddenly get a bunch of wind, you get a bunch of air, air rushing over your body, and especially on your hands, the first thing to go is your hands, so that, you know, usually somewhere around lap two or three in a race, your hands start to get really cold, and you're like, oh, shit, you know, I'm screwed, I'm not going to be able to finish, but if you just wait a minute, your hands will actually, your, your, you know, the amount of effort you're putting in will catch up, and your body heat will catch up, and you'll actually start to feel quite a bit better. So why don't you keep your gloves on and peel them after a couple of laps? You could, but oftentimes there's just not time to screw around with. Like, um, yeah, like, you know, in the race on Saturday, I was wearing gloves, obviously, to race, but I had to change, I changed from the gloves that I was warming up in because they might have been a little bit sweaty to perfectly dry gloves. But there's nothing you can really do if you're standing on the line waiting and you cool down a little bit. It's just the way it is. But like I said, everybody's in the same boat. You can't, you know, you, you can't let that stuff get in your head when you're in a race and, and say, oh, you know, my hands, are, my hands are really cold and all these other guys are all, you know, all toasty warm. I might as well quit. It's, it's not like that. Everyone's feeling the same way and everyone's struggling with exactly the same stuff. So you've just got to stick with it. Your energy about the previous cyclocross race with snow and bad weather and it's so much better you you're like charged compared to the first race of the year when it was sunny and warm oh god that was hell that's hell it's not even fun it's not even it's it's, it doesn't even feel like bike racing to me i mean it's just like it's, it's a crit with a dust cloud and that stuff is really hard and you know the all the all the roadies come out with all their you know season-long road fitness and they whoop up on everybody for a while and it's it's just it's you know, and more power to them i mean that's that's not a bad thing you know if you if you're able to race all summer long and come in and, and, and do the beginning of cross season with a bunch of fitness holy shit that's awesome i can't do that and it's just for me it's just not that fun i'm waiting all cross season for now and this, to me, in the last two weeks with the mud races and the snow races and the real racing, this is cross-season to oh, me. look at your results. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully the results speak for themselves. But, you know, the, the sad part is, you, just, you know, we've only got a few more weeks of this left. And then it just stops. I just, I wish the cross-season would run, the, the local cross-season really should run through January. It should run through mid-January to, to the week before Nationals. So everyone can keep racing. I would race right through the week before nationals all the so time. You'd actually prefer a later start with a longer. Oh, end. Yeah. Well, well, I did a later start. I mean, I didn't. I didn't race the first few races of the year. No, and when right. I did start racing, it was, you know, I was slow and fat and miserable, and it was hard. <laughs> and I tried, you know, I tried not to take it too seriously. But you know, you know, coming up to this time of year, it's actually getting to be really, really fun. Well, that's even with your winter garb on, you look about 50 pounds less than you did <laughs> in September. Yeah, well, I've, I've typically got a lot of work to do at the end of August. <laughs> I have fun in the summertime. A lot of fun. So not going to be road racing? I never road race. I, you know, I, it's funny. I grew up, or, you know, well, not grew up, but, but in my you know, late teens and early 20s, I, I, um, obviously road racing was my thing. And I uh, ended up in Europe doing it. And I, I, mean, I, I really like road racing quite a bit. I just, I can't do it in the summertime. I just, I don't have time. Cross takes so much out of, out of me 
me personally and sort of, um, you know, like my energy levels and it's, you know, it's obviously hard on your family and your life to be a middle-aged dude and, and racing bikes. You can't, you just can't go too far down that rabbit hole and I can't race road. I'd like to, I'd rather race mountain bikes if I was going to, but that's a, you know, weekend long commitment. The mountain bike races are well in the mountains because it's mountain biking and um, it's, it's just typically not something that, that I can manage. So I just do nothing. So shifting gears a little bit. <laughs> yeah. How's your team doing and how's Butter doing? We, we are doing great. The team is, is awesome. And, you know, obviously I've, I, for the team, we, you know, I brought on people um, that I just absolutely love and I love hanging out with. And we, we're having an absolute blast. And um, the, uh, the other boys, John and Nate, have actually had a little bit of bad luck in the last couple of weeks. They both had uh, mechanicals at Siena Lake. And then this last weekend, um, John, he, he was the one who actually had his hands freeze up and just stop and he had to abandon, which just unheard of for him. He's an animal. He lives in Steamboat and rides to work every day, no matter what. So this, that was really out of character. Like something went wrong and his hands froze. And I think he did have wet gloves on. He may have, he may have sweated into his gloves and then when he got going and got wind on his, on his gloves, he, he might have froze. So it might have... It might have been a preparation mistake, but I just think it was more like we just had to wait a little longer. And, and when, when his hands seized up, he was just a goner. But um, John, you know, I think across the board, John's a better bike rider than I am. So um, it w- I, I wouldn't be at all surprised here in the next couple of weeks if he just comes rocketing past me in, in a race and I never see him again. <laughs> and God, it's going to be awesome when that happens. First year for the team? This is the first year for the Butter team, yes. And as I asked, how is Butter doing? Butter, the company, is doing quite well. Um, we have we have niche products, so obviously we have to work pretty it's hard. Catching to keep, on though, keep selling. Yeah, the, the the thing, especially in the US, is people look at it and they're like, "Well, I don't even know what this thing does." You know, and then now I know what it does. Why the hell do I want one? So we, we a, a lot of our job is is advocacy and explaining to people, you know, what. Um, why you why you need a chain keeper to hold your chain in place while you wash your bike and and um, sort of what the what the use and the purpose of it is um, and we just did a video recently about oh, you know it was a whole tutorial on how to wash your bike and it obviously incorporated our products so it sh- it shows what the products do and it shows how helpful they are when when you use them you know and I do want to bring up that leads us right into I think we should do. What does someone do post-race? Oh, my God. That's yet another a full show in and of itself. I mean, I don't think we've even covered all, all the topic matter and all the things that, that um, are really important to just get, you know, to just from when you get to a race from to, to when you get to, a, to the start line. And that's a, you know, it's crosses, crosses complex. And it's part of, it's part of the... It's really part of the puzzle. Like I, I liken cross to being a game of chess. It's like athletic chess. It's chess on a bike. Um, there, there's so many little tricks and moves, and you've got to you've got to be always thinking a few moves ahead and really and, and doing a lot of calculations. And it's not just on the bike when you're racing. It's off the bike before the race and making sure that you're you're prepared properly. So I mean, we, you know, we could do a whole show, like I said, on get up in the morning to when you when you leave to go to the race and then obviously this one is mostly about you get to the race um and then it goes from when you get to the race to the start line and um you know after you finish race that's a we can maybe do that in the next two weeks because that's a whole other ke- 
kettle of fish as well. I mean, it's, you know, when you get off the bike, there's a whole, whole routine you really should go through um, so that you recover. Like, if you're racing the next day, you've got to recover again, and it, it's not even worth getting into now. But So, Michael, I mean, you've got so much going on right now. What's, it, there's just a few weeks of cross-season left. What do you, how do you feel? I feel horrible. you got to be bummed. It sucks. I'm just, I'm just getting going. And, and it goes away. And I, I think this year I've got so much going on in my life that I just I won't be going to nationals. So in three weeks, for me, that's it. It's done. Game over. And it's crushing because this, this year I'm, you know, I'm motivated and I'm having a really, really good time. And it's the first year of our team. And, and um, I just wish it wouldn't end. I really do. And I'm like this every year for cross. But... Um, it, it's it's especially bittersweet this year because I'm I'm not tired yet. I'm not exhausted. I'm not sick of washing my bike. I'm not sick of hanging out with my teammates. Well, I'm never sick of hanging out with my teammates. I friggin' love those guys, and I, I don't want it to stop. And it's gonna like it's it's only a few more weeks for me, and that's why I wish. Why can't we race through the mid January? Okay, so next year, it's this is happening right now. I'm working on getting a farm, like I'm buying a ranch north of town and next year I'm going to have pre-season races coming in, into the race we'll just have, have afternoon races at my joint and then at this time of year I'll just carry races all the way through till mid-January for, the, for those who are going to nationals you're, you're buying a ranch in North Boulder Butter must be doing really well <laughs> yeah I wish <laughs> wait till you see the ranch <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, oh, fixer upper. Yeah, it's yeah, fix fixer upper might be might be um, a stretch. Might be putting lipstick on. But a how pig. cool is that? I mean, you actually would open that up and have absolutely. That's my plan. I I want I want a f- I want my own ranch and my own farm so I can have my own damn cross course. Because it you know especially in Boulder it, it's it gets a little nimby here. People people take pictures of us when we're riding in the parks here, even though we we. Um, you know, there's a whole contingency of us that get together and actually pull a parks permit every year. We're allowed to ride in the park, um, and we pay to ride in the park. But you know, pe- people give a shit when we're riding, and the, you know, I've had my juniors yelled at, which is just not okay. Don't yell at my juniors; yell at me, and I'll set you straight. Um, you know, Valmont is closed if it's wet or snowy or anything, which is the only time I'm interested in riding my bike. So it's. It's tough. So I'm. So you're going to set irrigation up out on your ranch. Oh yeah, course. no the, the the one we the one we uh, the one rancher we're looking at right now has uh, a lot of water rights. <laughs> it's a big draw. Going to flood the joint. Well, Michael, I mean, here we are in Rubens Burger Bistro, and live and let dyers just coming on. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. <laughs> How about any words? Any closing summary? Um, yeah, I was, I, we didn't really summarize this too much. We got off on a tangent, as usual. Um, yeah, tangent? Would, <laughs> what, us? I would say for race day prep, really pay attention to that, that last hour and a half or, or two hours before your race. Make sure you get there with plenty of time. Eliminate junk from your preparation that, that you don't need. Streamline your process. And just just come up with a, like a, a really concise pattern a really concise routine that helps you get to the start line prepped and warmed up and ready to race so you can go just like butter you can go full gas smooth like butter nice 
Michael Robson. I'm out. Ruben's Burger Bistro, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. Thanks, Michael. Later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.